0: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is J.H. Galanter, author of the new novel, Hold Fast. And it's, the book is published, Hold Fast is published under J.H., uh, but his name is Josh, which is what I will be referring to him as during this interview. So, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, Hold Fast, how would you describe the novel? Uh,
1: well, the the elevator pitch from from the beginning has been uh, you know James Bond in the Napoleonic Wars, or maybe John John Le Carre in the Napoleonic Wars, but that's a little that's maybe a little too presumptuous. It's more of a of a thriller than a than a than a deep spy
0: uh, intrigue novel. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing? Hold fast. Uh, yeah, I was uh, a huge
1: fan of Patrick O'Brien, um, who wrote the Aubrey Maturin series uh, about uh, uh, the Royal Navy and the Napoleonic Wars. And uh, I was a big fan of the Ratio Hornblower books, and you know, the Sharp books, a uh, big fan of those by um, Bernard Cornwall. Uh, C.S. Forrester was the Ratio Hornblower books. And uh, just it's a, it's a period that's always fascinated me. And I had wanted for a while to write a book about that period. But everything had sort of been covered. I mean, you had the between Forrester and O'Brien, you had the Navy stuff very well covered. Uh, and, uh, with Cornwell, you had the the land side of things covered. And, uh, I was at a, a tag sale one day and I saw a copy of Goldfinger from, uh, the original you know, 60 post movie, you know, this is now a major motion picture thing. <laughs> uh with Sean Connery's picture on the cover. Uh and I thought, no, it's uh an intelligence agent in the in the Napoleonic Wars. I don't think that's been done. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh and so that was that was where the idea came from. And, and so I did was- buy the copy of Goldfinger.
0: Not <laughs> oh, a bad book, good. by the way. Yeah, Ian Fleming is fun. So what was your original writing journey that led you to writing and getting this debut novel published? Uh, well,
1: uh, I went to college to study playwriting, believe it or not. It's not really a a profession you can make a living in as it turns out. I, someone probably should have told me that when I was 18, but, uh, I went to, I went to school for playwriting and, uh, yeah, I really wanted to be a playwright, but that wasn't going to pan out. So I, uh, I, I got a job working in production for a while, you know, as an intern when I was in college at, uh, late night with Jimmy Fallon and, uh, people would send in books, uh, hoping to get the authors on the show. I don't think we ever had an author on the show. I don't think he's ever had an author on the show, uh, to plug a book, but people send them in anyways. Uh, so I would just take them home. They were, they would end up in the free bin. Uh, I got a lot of interesting things that way. Like I got an, someone sent the show, uh, an absinthe fountain, which I, I ended up taking home because I was the only person who worked there who was willing to carry it on the subway. Um, and so, but I ended up with a lot of books and I would read them and, uh, I started writing reviews and just sending them out to magazines and a few of them got published. And, uh, then I figured, uh, I would try to get into, uh, to comedy writing because, uh, I, i got some good plugs from uh from guys i knew at the fallon show and so i sort of went out to hollywood with some uh some sitcom spec scripts uh some s- sitcom uh, original pilot scripts and some spec scripts and sort of circulated them around i had an agent um and i wrote some feature-length movie scripts some dramas some comedies things always seem to almost be going really well like, uh, I remember my agent called me up one time, incredibly excited because Sylvester Stallone had personally called to ask for copying copy of my script. And I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm, you know, I'm moving out to Hollywood, going to buy a, <laughs> buy a beach house in Malibu. Uh, I don't need to worry about looking for work ever again. This is, and you know, it never worked out. I've had scripts rejected by some very estimable people like Chevy Chase personally rejected one of my scripts. Uh, Clint Eastwood even i think that was probably his assistant anyway so after a few years of doing that i realized it was just uh you know hollywood is the worst and (laughs) nothing ever really gets made it takes forever and uh if i just wrote a novel i I, there would be a lot fewer people who had to who had to like it before it could actually get to to someone who would pay money for it i don't want to sound too um too crassly commercial but uh you know i'm i i just turned 31 i was getting on in my 20s and i needed to earn a, a a decent living uh and so i thought uh i'm gonna start writing novels and uh i i wrote a few you know not very good ones uh <laughs> and then i had the idea for this one and uh, i sent it to uh to a few agents and a few were interested in it and one uh was very persuasive in, in handling it um Actually, it's, uh, it was a, it was a pretty interesting thing meeting, meeting my agent for the first time, because, uh, there was a a letter from Tolstoy in his office on the wall, which was, uh, pretty impressive. And, uh, I said, oh yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. And he said, you know, we have a lot of letters from our famous clients over the years and they all say the same thing, which is, uh, I think, I think you guys owe me money. Where's my money? Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I signed with him and he sent, uh, my manuscript off to Patrick O'Brien's editor, Star Lawrence, at Patrick O'Brien's publisher, Norton, uh, which was just, just to to think of, of Star reading the book was a a huge thrill for me because I love those, those novels so much, those Patrick O'Brien novels. And Star Lawrence is a, is a giant in the literary world. if your listeners aren't familiar with him, but he edited uh the uh, put the perfect storm, Moneyball, The Blind Side, um The Big Short, uh a bunch of other stuff I can't think of instantly offhand, probably even some books that weren't made into movies. Um but he he ended up liking it and uh and norton bought it and he edited it and uh they published it and that's that's how it got on the shelves and they they signed me for a couple sequels actually i just finished going through the second draft of the proof of book two uh last week and i'm currently reading through my own first draft of book three uh this week so if i if i can't remember the plot of Hold fatched anymore just
0: bear with me it'll come back sure well you mentioned uh playwriting and then you mentioned your your Uh, venture out to LA with sitcom scripts and writing feature films and getting rejected. And then you mentioned that you wrote a couple of novels that weren't very good. What was the transition like for you to go from writing a play or writing a movie or television script into writing a novel?
1: Uh well um not as different as you might think. Uh I basically it, it all boils down to you know writing when I was writing uh plays and trying to get uh, a scripts sold and then later when I was writing you know uh, TV scripts and movie scripts trying to get those sold. Uh the important thing was just to write constantly It just took took a lot of discipline none of this waiting for uh, you know the muse to hit the nonsense. I, uh, you know, it's just, if you, if you want to, if you want it to be a profession, you have to treat it like a profession I've always felt. And, uh, so I would just, you know, this is, this is what I'm going to write and sit down and write it. Uh, you know, a, a cobbler doesn't show up in the morning waiting for inspiration to make shoes, at least, <laughs> you know, probably, I mean, I, maybe there will be furious letters from cobblers in Florence saying, and of course I have a shoe muse, but, uh, it's, you know, just, uh, if you, you you know what you want to write. Come up with a plot and sit down and write it and uh, write it uh, seriously day after day. And uh, it doesn't really matter what it is, whether it's a uh, you know a, a play or a or a sitcom or a, or a novel, uh, as long as it's got a good story and moves well and it's written clearly and engagingly and has uh, interesting characters. It's ultimately the same thing. I think. And I'm. curious. By the way, I'm speaking this with the authority of someone
0: who has published
1: one whole novel. So
0: So what kind of research did you do for Hold Fast, which is set midway through the Napoleonic Wars? Uh, Well, not as much as you might think, just because it had been a period that had fascinated
1: me for so long. I was already sort of suffused with the culture of uh, late 18th century, early 19th century Europe and England. Uh, and you know, just the uh, research was reading the Patrick O'Brien books and the, uh, and the, the Cornwell books and the C.S. Forrester books and, uh, Jane Austen and, uh, memoirs of, of, of naval officers from the period. These are just things that I had already read because I was so interested in them. And then, you know, there were a few more technical details that I had to look up. And I, I'd, I'd uh, just read a very interesting book about the, uh, French Revolution. Uh, I can't think of the author's name, but I'm pretty sure the title was The French Revolution. But it's newish if you if you're if you want to find it. But that was a fascinating book. So um aside from from getting some dates and things and, you know, making sure I had the process for making champagne correct and knew how knew how uh Gerondoni Air Rifle really worked, things like that. Um I was I was sort of already there just having done the research through reading what I was interested in over the years.
0: Sure. And I should add for those listeners who uh, are listening and aren't familiar with all of my episodes, I did interview Bernard Cornwell on episode 178 of the podcast. So if anyone wants to go back and, and check it out, I'm a huge Sharp fan. So obviously, when I saw the the email from your publicist, it caught my eye. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to have to go and listen to that. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's okay.
1: That's okay. Yeah. That must um, have been great. What was he like?
0: Uh, It was great. It was great. It was a great interview. Um, And I just finished a a sharp novel rereading a sharps tiger a few weeks ago. In fact, Um, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, given the caveat that you mentioned earlier that you, you know, (coughs) this is your debut novel. I I am curious, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels or plays or screenplays?
1: Uh, Write every day. Write a lot of words every day, a fixed amount. I write a thousand words a day. Sometimes they're not very good, but I write them anyway. Uh, if I don't get to a thousand, I don't carry the deficit over. If I go over a thousand, I don't carry the surplus over. I just start fresh, a thousand words every day, uh, and I never re- read what I'm writing as I'm writing it uh, g- uh, because then you'll just get hung up and you'll you'll be rewriting the same the same couple of pages over and over again until they're absolutely perfect. Uh, Which is a a great way to get two really good pages, but it's not a way to get a good novel or any novel. So just keep writing, push on to the end, and then go back and revise afterwards. And really, just if you if you want it to be a job, you got to treat it like a job. I think again, this is you know I I'm not really uh, not Tolstoy, (laughs) so but
0: fingers crossed. Great. Uh, Well. what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Uh, well, I'm reading a, a really really interesting book right now by Ian Toll, who is a naval historian who, who's also one of um Star Lawrence's writers. He's also in Norton and was kind enough to blurb uh, cold fast and uh, I thought he was a a world war a second world war naval historian. um he just had a book on the The New York Times bestseller list and for the third of these great novels uh that i've been writing uh i needed a book about um the early american navy and uh i didn't realize he had written this book but i just found that it's called six frigates about the original six frigates of the united states navy and it's it's really a page turner. it's a fascinating book uh i'm really enjoying that i just finished um uh, a michael connelly book one of the Rano's Ron- bosch novels which i really enjoy um uh, i've been reading some flashman books by uh George MacDonald Frazier. I also just read his memoir about the, the Burma War the Second World War in uh, uh, Indochina, which was fascinating. Maybe the best Second World War memoir I've ever read. Uh, wow. I just read The King Mutiny for the first time. That's one of those books that it, that it slipped through my fingers over the air. And, and I you know the movie is such a, a masterpiece and it's, uh, considerably different in a lot of ways from the novel, uh, sure. in, in subtle ways, but substantially subtle ways. Uh, and, uh, and there's much more story there, and uh, it doesn't. Uh, the movie and the novel are sort of comparable masterpieces in in different ways. Uh, but the novel was just tremendous.
0: Uh, I, I probably will read that again pretty soon. Wow, that's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your debut novel, Hold Fast? Uh. Well, uh, nowhere
1: really. Uh, I, I don't have I don't have a Twitter account or a or a Facebook page or any of that stuff. Um, Norton has a website. The book is on Amazon and Barnes Noble and websites like this. But uh, you know, here here to for not here to from here on out, we'll probably just direct people to this podcast this will be the most
0: complete accounting of uh, of the story
1: on the internet.
0: That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with J.H. Gallertner, author of the new novel, Hold Fast. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Josh, thanks for doing this interview.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.